Hello everyone, I'm Paul Botts, the CEO and founder of Good Leadership Enterprises. And I'm Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten Athletic Conference. Welcome to the Goodness Pays Leadership Podcast. We're recording this on the stage of the Providence Academy Performing Arts Center, not in our usual place. Uh, this is a spectacular setting where earlier today we produced the Good Leadership Young Leaders Breakfast with you, Kevin, as the speaker. And of course, everyone was masked. We were practicing social distancing. We were a little worried about whether there'd be any energy going on or not, but it turned out to be great. There were hundreds of guests, both young and established leaders all over the country. We had 19 different states represented. We're, we're just so grateful for that. So let's just get this started, Kevin. Um, how would you summarize your experience this morning as the speaker at the Good Leadership Breakfast, our first live, live, live stream podcast? It was incredible. I mean, the, I felt the uh, energy in the crowd. I mean, it was special for me because this is the first public uh, facing event I've had really since COVID-19, you know, started in March. So to be able to, to get in front of a crowd in a beautiful facility here at Providence Academy, uh, you could feel the energy and I've already received uh, receiving texts from people who were watching online, young and older who really enjoyed it, so this yeah. is special. Thank you. Uh, at this point, I'm thinking it was all worth it. We were nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof yeah, about absolutely. 24 hours ago, and that's just part of the deal here. Um, so to summarize the Good Leadership Breakfast, for those of you who have not uh, yet experienced that, I'll tell you that we recorded the entire thing, and the video is available online right now. You can go to goodleadership.com and you can find it. But in general, we walk leaders through a series of exercises to explore what does goodness mean to them, and how can they transfer that goodness into good leadership? We talk about a concept called the seven F's, and the seven F's are faith, family, finances, fitness, friends, fun, and future. And we believe that leaders who are attentive to having high satisfaction on all the seven F's, they, they radiate goodness and they have the ability to stay positive even when things get dark in our society. And things are kind of dark <laughs> these days. Let's just jump right into your life here. You are the commissioner of the Big Ten Athletic Conference. There are 10,000 students, student athletes, a whole bunch of college presidents and chancellors, um, athletic directors, and millions of fans who are hanging on pins and needles. You made a decision, and that was to cancel the fall football and sports seasons mm -hmm. for the Big Ten. Uh, you talked a little bit about that. You know, what, what is the toughest part of this job, Kevin? Uh, it's, it's making sure, you know, we made the decision to postpone fall sports. Is really making sure that the, the reasons and the intention of why that decision was made is clearly articulated. I think that's, that's the, you know, during the last couple of weeks. And um, I thought we did it a week ago, but obviously we didn't. And, um, and so that's why, you know, I, I released uh, an open letter that I had written yesterday and did some more interviews, and, and hopefully this time people understand um, this was a really complicated decision. There's hundreds of millions of dollars on the line, but the thing that I'm most proud of about our chancellors and presidents and, and our, the Big Ten Conference is that we made an unpopular decision all for the reason of making sure that our student athletes are safe and healthy. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. I think that that's where a lot of people are, are missing the point here, mm -hmm. uh, is that you know we're, we're whether you think it's conservative or not, you know, our focus is to make sure from both a mental and a physical standpoint that our student athletes are healthy. And we, we sometimes forget we're in a global pandemic. Uh, people have, have died from this. 
uh, pandemic. Uh, that's not to f uh, fear anyone, but trying to, to have college athletics during that time period, you have to be wise mm -hmm. and be very thoughtful. And that's what we're doing is just to make sure we listen to our medical experts, mm -hmm. make wise decisions, and uh, we just postponed it. We didn't, we didn't, we're, we're not going away forever. Mm -hmm. But I want to make sure that when we do come back and play, that uh, it's prudent mm -hmm. and it's prudent and safe for everyone. And, uh, and we keep in mind uh, the purpose of what we're supposed to, to do. The, the promise we made to our student athletes who, who decided to come to a Big Ten institution was that we would give them an opportunity for a world-class education and an opportunity to compete in intercollegiate athletics, not professional athletics, intercollegiate athletics in an environment where they're respected and they can be uh, healthy mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. Well, there were a lot of questions. So we, we, um, we used audience polling technology during the meeting. We invited people to send in questions for you. Uh, there were over 50. We're not going to get all, mm -hmm. all those 50, but they're clustered into mm -hmm. some themes. Uh, the, the number one theme for sure, um, themes are football and the, the rest of the seven Fs. <laughs> and so um, you talked a little bit about your faith, but I also know that you have a son Mm. who is a scholarship athlete mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. an SEC football mm -hmm. school. So the family has a lot to do with that. The football and family mm. is coming together right now. Can you just talk a little bit about how your son playing down at Mississippi State had an effect on you? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had, I said it yesterday, to the media. I mean, we've had some very um, um, detailed family discussions, uh, which, is, which, is, which is important. But again, what, what I have to remember is I have a, responsibility to our 10,000 student athletes, our 14 institutions across 11 states. Mm -hmm. That's my focus. And so when I wake up in the morning, uh, is my family important? Family is critically important. Anyone who's been around me understands that. Uh, but my focus uh, has to be, am I doing the right thing for those student athletes in the Big Ten? Mm -hmm. You know. And, and is it reasonable for us to expect that you kind of see your son in every one of those 10,000 that you're... My, my son is not in the, he's not in the, you know, no. conference. Yep. Um, so, so I have to, you know, I think, I mean, one of the things I've really tried to focus on, there's decisions that we all make in life that are macro decisions. Mm -hmm. And then there's some decisions mm -hmm. that are micro decisions. Yep. And, um, and so my macro decisions are making sure that I do everything, give every ounce of energy to the Big Ten Conference and, 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 and do everything I can to, uh, to take care of our, mm -hmm. our student athletes. Mm -hmm. And whether that's, you know, some days those people may agree with those decisions or they don't agree. But, but, but regardless of that, I've got to make sure that it's more in the decision-making process yeah. that I'm following. And not the decision, yeah. you know, not the results of the decision or not that if you're, you know, um, you know upset or angry or disagree. And all I ask, you know, just like with me, I just have tried to live my life when I disagree with decisions, just handle yourself in a professional, mm -hmm. you know, manner. Um, because again, I keep going back to it, we're in a global pandemic. Yeah. So, so there were uh, several um, college athletes who were watching and one common theme here is, so what advice do you have us, for us, the college athletes, to, to stay positive <laughs> and to see the goodness in the decision that they can't play? You know, I mean, I, I just think that, um, you know, th this is, I, I th if, and I can only speak from my experience. Yeah. Is, and I can only speak what I would do if I were in that position. And trust me, I think about our college athletes all day, every day. Yeah. Is uh, their goodness in, in, in everything. Um, and if we had made the announcement that we were 
canceling fall sports or closing the Big Ten Conference forever. I can understand, you know, especially that's extreme angst. Yeah. But all we're saying is we're, we're just postponing it. I mean, our whole goal, and we're working on it right now to explore what can we do from a winter standpoint and a spring standpoint. Yeah. And when you look at the, the, the entire arc of life, and when you look back, and I just had, it was interesting because, you know, I, I had a call this week of our team captain from my freshman year at the University of Pennsylvania. And, you know, we were <laughs> talking on the phone, had a call that had been on the calendar, so I was not going to move it. And so we just spent about 20 or 30 minutes on the phone. He's an insurance executive in New Jersey. Paul Little was a phenomenal athlete, ended up getting drafted by the Trailblazers, Portland Trailblazers, but probably one of the best athletes I've ever been around. And, and we, we spent a couple minutes, you know, and he, chuckling because I said, Paul, do you remember, I mean, I, I visited the University of Pennsylvania in 1980, and I attended there in 1981. We're in 2020. I said, do you, do you realize that that was 40, you know, years ago? Yeah, 40 years. 40 years ago. And 40 years ago. And the thing that we talked about is some of the things 40 years ago that seemed so important. I mean, that we were agonizing on as student athletes. That now, you know, he has the same issue. He's got five kids. He's trying to run a business. His back's sore. You know, he had back surgery. He, you know what I mean? Yeah. Th that's life. Yeah. And so one of these things I try, it doesn't make it any easier. Yeah. But I just ask for all of us, me included, for us to have compassion with mm -hmm. each other and understand my decision-making process is what's the right thing to do so when two of our student athletes talk 40 years from now, mm -hmm. that they're in a position that they can look back over their experience at the Big Ten to say, you know, I learned some incredible lessons. I got an incredible education. Mm -hmm. Even if they played, um, I don't care how good of an athlete they are, they're not going to play professional sports for 40 years. Yeah. And, and so I try to make decisions is that what is, well, what is your life? What yeah. can I do today yeah. to make sure 40 years from now yeah. that they're able to look back and say, you know what, I maybe didn't agree with the messaging associated with that, but I appreciate the decision mm -hmm. and, um, and then work through it. And, I, and mm -hmm. if everything works out, who knows uh, from a scheduling standpoint of how it works out, mm -hmm. but I'm just confident that uh, we did the right thing and mm -hmm. that we'll look back mm -hmm. over history and that we'll say that we did the right thing. Not that everyone will agree, mm -hmm. but that we did the right thing. Well, we, we use polling technology in this meeting and one of the first questions we asked was, the you know, world is changing, that mm -hmm. there's no question about that. Do you think we're changing for better or worse? And I was really fascinated by the data. It was 53% for better, 47 for worse. And I think there are some things particularly that I, as a white man, business owner, we're the same age. Mm -hmm. I mean, I represent this category in our society that's been making the decisions for 400 years. Yeah. And I've been soul searching of what, what does this really mean for me doing the best I possibly can to understand. Yep. Um, I've asked you this question before. You know, wh what, what do you expect from me in order to help make this situation better? I, I, what I expect from you is hopefully the same thing you expect from me is transparency, is honesty, is compassion, is the ability to raise your hand and just like I did yesterday and say, you know, I, didn't, I had no ill will in it and I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm going to do better next time. You know, I'll be more clear. Thought I was clear, but I'll be more clear. Mm -hmm. But the thing I think we should expect from each other is that what, how would we treat someone that was a family member? Mm -hmm. You know, so if there was a, one of your family members, a son or daughter, or, you know, nephew, niece, cousin, brother, sister, the same care and compassion we would show to them, we just need to show that 
among others. So whether we're black or white or regardless our, of our background, you know, just our sexual orientation, our religion, we should be able to just come together. I think the thing that has really rocked our society, a couple things. One, this whole COVID-19 has exposed the financial fragility mm -hmm. of our country, yeah. of, our, of our individual households. Two, this whole COVID-19 situation or pandemic that we're battling with has also uh, exposed the really the the, um, the probably the racial instability mm -hmm. that existed that we all knew existed yes. that we would talk about in our segments of the world around our dinner tables but we dare not talk about them yeah. outside yeah and so the benefit of that that would be the negative connotations the positive part of this COVID-19 pandemic it's given people the comfortability to really speak their minds yes and so that's where I always and you've helped teach me that as a coach that's where I try to go you know, what's the, what's the goodness? And I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> I ask myself every day, what is the goodness about COVID-19? Yeah. You know, we spent time with our families. Mm -hmm. We never would have done it. Yep. We've cleaned up projects we've never would have done. Um, you know, we folk, we watch documentaries we never would have done. Yep. We've written letters of people. Yep. Um, and it's allowed us the energy to focus on issues that have always bothered us, but we never took the time to do. Yeah. And so, would George Floyd's murder, and which is so sad, would it have been as impactful if, we, if people weren't off of work from COVID-19? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it would have been impactful. But, but you think about, just look at what happened a couple months earlier with Armand Amberg. I mean, he was shot down in the street. Yeah. And, but I think what happened is that because people were, have been off from work, uh, their financial situation is tough, it's in the hot summer days, and then being able to see that over and over again and people just being tired of it has really activated us as a country to be able to make the world a better place. So if you ask me, although so many people have lost their lives, people have become sick, in, and in the annuals of history, when we look back, I think COVID-19 will be one of the most positive inflection points for us as a country and as a people. Yeah, there's this idea that uh, things that were unthinkable now are thinkable. Yep. Things that were undiscussable now are discussable. There are several people asking questions about um, it, these. Y you mentioned these people that you surround yourself with. You're the sum total of the average of the 10 yep. people you spend your most time with. There's a lot of references in here to people who aren't really very happy with those 10 people. Mm -hmm. And they're asking for your advice. If, if those end up being the toxic people in my life, how do I break away from that? What, what do you think about that? I mean, again, I mean, and this even goes back to our decisions we made. I have so much respect, love, admiration, empathy, you know, for our student athletes. And, and the reason why I respect them so much is because these are the kind of questions we've had. Yeah. And so when we start talking about that, I just think those times in life, um, you know, my dad would always say something to me. It didn't mean much to me when I was younger in college, but as I got older, he would say, Kevin, challenging times that you face in your life allow you to basically clean out your Rolodex. Mm -hmm. And because uh, people, people, you know, a lot of young people now don't know what Rolodex, you know, but there used to be that kind where you'd have those note cards where you write yeah. people's <laughs> names down. Remember that? And you pull it out. And I still collect yeah, those yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, and, and what he was saying to me is that just at certain times in your life, sometimes people's perspective on certain issues is based upon where they are in their life. Yeah. And, and so what I found is that, you know, you, 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 you got to recognize yeah. um, because you can't get away from that. Just if you're looking around and there is a lot of toxicity in life, it doesn't make the people a bad person. Yeah. They just may be going through some issues in their life or they may not be uh, at a level 
or focus at a level that you are focused on. But I will tell you this, and I even say this when people come to me for, you know, you know, people get married or whatever, I will tell them, you can only go as high in life, in your career, as your relationship is with your significant other. Yeah. You can't have bad, bad, uh, poor home life mm-hmm. and then be stellar mm-hmm. uh, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have a poor work life and be, you know, stellar at home. So it fits. It's like the seven F's. Yeah. You know, it's like the will. So the answer to the question is that I would, I would be mindful if someone who sent in a uh, question yep. is already talking about it and thinking about it. I think they already got the answer yeah. is that they need to. You know, not be, not be mean, do it with compassion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in life, there are periods where there may not be 10 around you. There may be only two or may not be one or maybe yeah. zero. Yeah. And those are good growth stages. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there's a couple of questions here about your um, just your learnings as a leader. And you and I have talked about this a number mm-hmm. of times. When I first met you, you I primarily identified yourself as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the lessons now looking back at that that really helped you transform from that lawyer to the leader you want that you wanted to be i think the message is everything matters i mean it just as as a leader and uh, i saw it this last couple weeks everything matters you know every communication every interview every decision um not only the decision the process and the decision and then there will always be some things because you're a lawyer that you won't be able to share just to make sure that you're being smart Mm-hmm. you know, from a legal standpoint. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing I've learned is that, um, you know, most people work in silos mm-hmm. in their department. So if you're a lawyer, that's your legal department. If mm-hmm. you're in finance, well, I'm in the finance department. The books look good. But I would just challenge, especially our young leaders, to every once in a while lift their head up, you know, to look. A lot of people just run forward. But if you're in the finance department, yeah, if so long as your finance department is doing well, that's your primary focus. But what's going on in the legal department might might end up impacting that. Mm-hmm. If you have mm-hmm. a gargantuous lawsuit that end up costing you money, those books that you've worked so hard to get in place could be wiped out. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that's the other thing. I just think the, the, the thing that you've been able to help me with over the years is that everything fits together. Mm-hmm. And so to go from lawyer to leader or CFO to leader or CMO to leader, so many people in business right now are become, they become subject matter experts mm-hmm. in their area. But the challenge is to be a true leader is can you go uh, to it to understand all the departments, not be subject matter experts, but understand them all, but to make sure that they're working together. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about some of those things that you, those lessons have you learned along the way. What, there's lots of people asking you, um, if you're looking back at yourself as yep. a young leader, yep. what sort of advice would you give yourself now? And I, it's funny you say that. I actually, when I was getting my thoughts together um, um, yesterday for this, is I thought, what would I say to my, what would I say to my high school senior, Kevin? And, and I think a couple of things I would say is don't fret the small stuff. Almost kind of what I said about the 40 years. Life is really long. And, you know, one month you may be, <laughs> you know, the, the just top of the world. And the next month you, you may, you're still on top of the world, but it, <laughs> you may, it may be some drudgery mm-hmm. associated with it. So that's one thing. Two is I would really challenge young people. What I've said to myself is, and fortunately I did it, um, is make long-term decisions. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've seen, and I think, I, you know, I, I was able to do it because of my accident. Um, so I was able to look from a long-term standpoint. I've seen so many people in, in, in business right now just take the short, short decision, mm-hmm. and that never really works out. As my yeah. dad would always say, you know, don't, don't, don't walk across the grass. He had all these great sayings, 
and um, go around the sidewalk. Yeah. And because it just it, it, it that's that's kind of the right thing to do. Don't walk across people's grass. And so I think the biggest thing, take the really long term yeah. approach. And then I think the third thing I would say to myself is make sure you're an independent think thinker. Now we have such a herd mentality on so many different mm -hmm. issues that, uh, um, you know, do your homework, uh, work hard, have faith, you know, have empathy with people, have compassion, put yourselves in other people's yeah. shoes. All, that, all the things that our kindergarten, first and second grade teachers taught us is we need now more than ever. Yeah. That's what they told us. Yeah. When you eat lunch, put your tray up. Yeah. Put your, you know, put the trash on, wipe up behind yourself, yeah. wash your hands yeah. when you go to the bathroom, yeah. turn in your homework on time, don't cut in line, uh, say please and thank you. Yeah. I mean, all, all of the different things that, that we learned kindergarten, first and second grade is really needed in business. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I want to ask you a big question. Mm -hmm. So um, to summarize, you had a life-threatening accident. Mm -hmm. You spent many, many months in a mm. body cast. Well, you used an insurance settlement to build a pool, mm. and that pool allowed you to rehabilitate yourself. But all that time spent by yourself, you were able to think about how grateful you were and what you would do if you got the chance. So you've become mm -hmm. one of the most influential black men in America. Mm -hmm. You've got a very high-profile job. You've probably seen systemic racism in ways that I can't mm -hmm. see. So mm -hmm. what have you seen and what's changing? You know, I think what's changing, if you should see, you should see some of the emails, some of the voicemails, some of the letters I got in the last week. I mean, still, even to this day, people are using the N-word, um, you know, with me. Um, I, th I think what's changed, and I'm always being positive, is that people now are comfortable to talk about these issues. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we just had the first black president in the NFL hired uh, last week, which I'll, I'll be talking with him today. I'm so happy, you know, for him. So things are changing now what was happening is that when when society now has an opportunity to do something that's right we're doing it mm -hmm. and I think that's what's changed it's not going to have ha happen over overnight I mean it took us 400 years to get to this point yeah you know it's not going to take two years for us to get out of it yeah so there's certain uh items that, that we're st still going to have to deal with but mm -hmm. I think that's why that whole family mentality the goodness yeah. treat people like yeah. you know you should be if they were a family member um, because it, as, I, as I said, it's interesting, and I've thought about this, like w us wearing our face coverings. Yeah. If someone has a face covering on and a hat, you can't even tell really who they are. I know. And can't so, see a smile or and anything. so because of that is if they have long, if they have long pants on, their sleeves are covered, especially in the winter here in Minnesota, <laughs> gloves, you're not going to be able to tell. So treat that person like they have a face covering on without seeing what color their skin is. Yeah. And that's what I've really tried to do is just to make sure yeah. because it's so it's easy for, for both black and white people. But I just think the more we can show compassion mm -hmm. and, and your your whole foundation of that goodness pays, mm -hmm. you know, thank God your grandmother told you that, mm -hmm. um, that goodness does pay. Yeah. It does it does radiate. Yeah. It, it's, it's infectious. It's just like if somebody smiles at you, you, you it's hard not to smile back. <laughs> and uh, and so I think that's one of the things we ha have to recognize. The, the, the beautiful thing about this, although as painful as it's been, these last seven months have really allowed us to, to look under the, the hood of, of a mm -hmm. lot of cars. Yeah. And some of which that they were, had nice paint jobs on and they drove well, but when you lifted up the hood, um, things aren't in good shape. That's so good. And I think what we can do is, is try, to, try, to, try to fix these things. Just a follow up question mm -hmm. to that and then we can turn and head for home. Mm -hmm. uh, those of us who are watching from afar, we're not inside the Big Ten or, or mm -hmm. athletics. Uh, 
we've been told there's a lot of systemic racism there. What, what are some of the signals that we can look for to, to know that things are going in the right direction? I tell people all the time, just even, you know, start with your eyes. Just go on websites and look, you know, companies that you spend a lot of money with in your household, go on the website. You know, look, 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 look and see. Go look at their board of directors. Look mm -hmm. at their senior leadership mm -hmm. team. I've done that a lot lately. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, whatever. I love X brand. Mm -hmm. Go on X brand's website. Mm -hmm. Type in board of directors. Type mm -hmm. in senior leadership. Mm -hmm. And look to see, does that reflect what you and your community looks like? And mm -hmm. if it doesn't, write a letter. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best thing we can do. We, we obviously have a voice. We've amplified that voice. We have the, the basis and the foundation to speak up. Um, and I think one people thing that people don't realize about diversity and inclusion is the fact is better for business. There have been studies that have been shown businesses that do better uh, typically are more diverse and inclusive. Mm -hmm. And there's no expectation to get there overnight. Mm -hmm. I think I can speak as a black person. I don't even want you to get there overnight mm -hmm. because if you get there too quickly, it won't last. Yeah. So it's just, uh, and that's why I love you for a lot of different reasons, Paul, but then be able to have these, you know, uncomfortable, comfortable mm -hmm. conversations and yeah. just ask the question, what can I do to get better? Sure. And because I've been asking myself to do it. And then every day is a brand new opportunity. And yeah. please don't let yesterday dictate your thoughts for today and, and, and your future ahead. Mm -hmm. There's one question that we ask all these people mm -hmm. in these podcasts over and over and over again. And it's time for you. And that question is, um, you've had a lot of experiences in your life. Um, what example can you give us that you just know deep down inside that goodness pays for sure? Um, that's a wonderful question. I think goodness pays. I told a little bit about it, and uh, but I just didn't want to go on too long. Was when I went to care for my sister and those two kids. Yeah. I never would have thought that that three-year-old and five-year-old would become a lawyer. Both of them. Both of them. Now, maybe that was going to happen, but it's pretty ironic that when you go and you have a first-year law student living in your basement, going through final exams and stress, that not one but mm -hmm. two of them. And so now I think about Brittany, the daughter who's become a family lawyer, who's saving so many families in Washington, D.C., and then the younger son, John, who's a, a corporate lawyer in Arizona. That not, you know, and so I think that what I've, I've, I've realized that, um, you know, you never really know when you're, when you're on the journey to do goodness and do the right thing. You never know what I call the, the, the craters that, that break off mm -hmm. that are goodness. Mm -hmm. And so I, you, you never really know that. And that's why goodness pays. It's infectious, um, and a lot of the things you're doing in your life, hopefully I'm doing in my life, they probably won't even sprout out of the ground until I'm probably in a casket somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay, because I think the more that we can pay all those good goodness forward, the, the better off we're going to be. So that's, that's one thing I, I would say. Well, you and I are the same age, so let's avoid that casket yeah, for a long trust time. Me, okay? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, for our listening audience, uh, thank you for investing the time. Mm -hmm. We encourage you to go find the recording of the goodness, uh, the Good Leadership Young Leaders Breakfast that we did this morning. So whether you're exercising or driving or, you know, doing whatever you're doing, probably not on an airplane these days, whatever we appreciate, we really do appreciate you making the space in your life for us to learn more about how goodness pays in your leadership. You can find our signature book, How Goodness Pays, at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or any place where you buy books. You can also learn more about the breakfast series and our coaching at goodleadership.com. Have a great day. Thank you.